This is Extreme Ag's Shortcuts. Let's get right into it. Well, greetings and welcome to a cotton field at Miles Farms outside of McGee, Arkansas. We're talking about cotton today. We're specifically talking about some new trials we're doing in conjunction with AgroLiquid. I've got Molly Alexander, regional southeast region uh, agronomist for AgroLiquid, and I've got the national agronomist, Stephanie Zelenko. She's been in tons of our videos. You've probably seen her before. Also got Matt Miles, the proprietor of, Matt, of uh, Miles Farms. We're staying in a cotton field. You know what? I'm from northeastern Indiana. Um, this is the first cotton I've touched since a t-shirt I put on yesterday. What do I need to know, Molly? You are doing these trials out here. What do I need to know? You said when we uh, before we hit the record button, interesting thing about cotton is getting all the chemistry right, getting everything right before you even put this seed down. Only thing I know is I recorded something with Matt. He told me cotton is a plant that's always looking every day for a reason to die. So it's kind of delicate. It seems like it's kind of a pain in the ass plant to grow. And you said, let's start at the very beginning before he ever put the seed in the ground. What are we looking at? Well, first and foremost, you have to look at soil samples and see what kind of balances or uh, imbalances you're dealing with. So cotton main requirements are a good base of an MP and K early on. Um, and then Basically, you have to have micros to move those macro inputs you put in as well. So cotton is a big component of calcium, sulfur, boron, manganese. K is the biggest factor in cotton. Um, in peak, peak growing conditions, cotton can take up to four pounds of potassium a day. So when we're starting out, we wanna look at our soils and make sure that one, we gotta look at our pHs, see what we're looking at, our soil composition, um, is it heavy clays? Is it gumbo? Is it sands? Do we run into leaching? Do we run into tie-up? So all that needs to be balanced first before we start tailoring a custom cotton protocol. Matt, you planted this field when? I'm holding this cotton plant here for, if you're listening, it's about uh, four inches tall. If you're watching, you can see that it's about four inches tall. You planted this a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Probably I'm not. I'm, I didn't look at the exact planting date, but it's we're, probably been two weeks. Okay, we're recording this for the listener. We're recording this on May 18th of 2022, and I wanted to talk about the trials that they're doing. But more importantly, uh, you planted it. Uh, Molly's point: getting everything right on the fertility, etc. Then one thing you did that uh, for this agroliquid trial, you put in an inferro product, and you're going to do several applications foliar, four of which are going to include their product. We'll talk about that in a minute, but let's talk about what you put in here in furrow as our experiment with agroliquid. It would be the uh, agroliquid fulvic uh, product they have. A fulvic acid is is a product that's used in several different ways. Uh, you can use it as a you know fertility uh, stabilizer. It, it moves nutrients through the plants. Mm -hmm. uh, it Biology feeds off of it. Uh, you know, there's there's several different you know reasons for that. We had done some trials last year where it worked pretty good in some in some soybeans and corn on the on the agroliquid plot. So uh, figure we might want to try it on cotton. We've seen in the last three to five years. So as we're as we developed into putting in fur on our corn, you know, we we started growing corn in 2007. So we're very we're very new to the corn business. First, you know, 10 years or so, we didn't use any in <clears throat> So as we got in the in program with the cotton, we're like, okay. Will this work on, I mean, with corn, we're like, okay, we've got these on our planters, the same planters plant the cotton. Will this work on, you know, will these things work on cotton? And of course, they've been doing the research for years, you know, where it did. So it's it's been a it's been a benefit to, you know, to play and test and, and try to figure out what, you know, infer fertility or it's not so much fertility as other products, you know, like, like the fulvic. Uh, you can get it too hot on cotton. Like I said, it's always looking for a reason to die. 
where you can load up fertility on, on corn and the infer right at the seed, you do that to cotton it, you're going to be in trouble. Stephanie, you're doing, uh, thank you by the way, uh, you're doing uh, trials on four of the extreme ag farms. Uh, this is the only one with cotton because he's the only cotton producer with extreme ag. What do you want to find out? Well, what we're trying to do, kind of the goal for overall working with these guys is collecting that data in different regions. So AgriLiquid's national. We do a lot of work on corn. Corn is kind of that king that a lot of people have a lot of experience there. But then breaking into the southeast region where we have you know, Matt and Kevin and Chad, we can get some of these crops that are more specific to the southeast region. And that allows us to prove that you know, our products work on other crops than corn. So we have lots of data on corn. Here we can branch into other crops and get that same data replicated in other parts of the country. Mr. Miles told us he didn't grow an acre of corn on all of his acres in, in Southeast Arkansas until 2007. I'm from the Midwest. We think that he should just stay the hell out of corn and stick with cotton because I can charge more cash rent for my acres if we have a corner on the corn. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. But here he comes along. But you know what? He can't shake his old ways. His old ways are he likes to grow cotton. He told me in a podcast recording, it's always looking for a reason to die. It's finicky. He almost hates this plant, but here we are in a cotton field. Uh, what is it that you think you're going to find out? Stephanie gave us a big picture here. Molly, what are we going to find out out here? What do you think we're going to find out? What do you, or what's your hunch tell you that we're going to find out about using fulvic in furrow? So... My biggest reason for using fulvic overall was with the cost of fertilizer this year through the roof. Yep. Um, people are looking at ways to kind of cut their input costs down or get more benefit out of what's already in their soil. So one of the coolest things about fulvic is it actually will help break down antagonistic bonds in the soil. So if you have high calciums, high mags, high phosphorus, you've got a lot of your nutrients that you've put in year after year after year tied up. By adding fulvic in furrow, you're actually going to be able to break a lot of those bonds down and get more benefit out of the years of inputs of dry MP and K you've put down. So I'm expecting to see the cotton get off to a lot better start, faster emergence, even stand, and just a healthier overall plant, and then that carry on through the season. And it'll actually give us a good idea of fulvic versus no fulvic on whether or not we increase our um, available inputs. Molly, when you look at this, is it off to a better start than it would have been without it, or can you tell too early to tell? What do you think? Yeah, it depends. So I like to monitor it uh, like from the first day of emergence up to about 10 days. And since I can't be here that entire time, I rely on Matt and these guys to tell me and people like Rob. So that would be a question directed for him because they've seen it from the get-go versus what I've got to see. We're going to be talking to Rob in another recording. Matt, you're the one I got here. Is this cotton off to a better start because of the fulvic or is it too soon to tell? Or did you tell more at the fifth day of emergence? What do you think? It's really too soon to tell. <clears throat> we had, we, we struggled. We were really dry when we planted this, and so we were really struggling with, you know, with having enough moisture to just get it up. Because if you get it too deep, it's definitely not coming up. Right. So well, I, I know you're the knuckle guy. How deep do we plant cotton seed? About a half of a knuckle. <laughs> About your fingernail. <laughs> knuckle. You know, if All you right. got to go, and we had to go a little deeper than that on some of our last planting to the point that we stopped because I'll stop planting before I'll go too deep. Stephanie. As a trained agronomist, when you hear this guy talking about half a knuckle, fingernail, does this make you cringe or you think this is just fine? I think it's just fine because it's what that grower knows experience-wise and what they're comfortable with. You know, people measure, you know, things based upon their experience. So, you know, if a knuckle or a fingernail works for him, you know, the important thing is, you know, that's his standards 
other people have to come up with their own standards. So it's not going to necessarily be uniform across the world. Yeah. Would, but you, would you still look, going back to the prior statement, would you agree that they should leave corn to people like me so I can charge more cash rent? He should just stick with cotton down here. Well, I'm a corn grower as well. Let's so see. I would tend to tend to think that as well. But Wait, no, we did need we corn. not cover their <coughs> corn losses when they flooded out throughout the entire yeah. Midwest a couple years exactly, ago? Yeah. I think we covered y'all on that. So and to be honest with you, we, we don't make it we don't make a difference in the south. We can grow every acre in corn and it won't affect the acreage. I just think come from the that big Molly, Molly popped in here and decided she's going to be the funny one. Did they not give you the script ahead of time? I'm supposed to be the funny one around here, all right? <laughs> You're Ms. funny Alexander? looking. I'm sorry. All right, let's talk about cotton a little bit more here. Um, this inferral thing that you did, Folvik's been around for a while. Why would we just experiment with this now, just out of curiosity? Didn't, didn't see the need, or maybe did we discover something new about Folvik, uh, Molly? Humic and Fulvix have been around for years and years. They've been mined for a very long time, but right. I think they've just now been able to be tailored into a liquid yeah. form and a dry form that has been marketed in a better sense. It's not it's not really been fully understood and tested so heavily in the past 10 or 15 years. It's really hit during this. This is a, a new age. It's biological age. Everything's about biologicals and soil health. You know, that's been, what, what do y'all say, in the last five years, basically? Yeah. And that's been the big kick. So, you know, a lot of these products have been sitting on shelves or sitting, being ready to be made, but there was not a lot of interest in it. Interest was in the MP and K. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, we learned after that that the, that the microbes were just as important, if not more important, than the MP and K, and then from there to the biology. My absolute favorite thing I've learned since joining the Extreme Ag team is about boron, and my favorite guy that we ever talked to is, is the boron guy. So, yeah, we never even thought about boron and, and FFA soil judging back in the old days. Uh, answer me this, Miss Stephanie. You, uh, Molly said something about tailoring and making products that are a little more specific to the crop, and that's where technology is making us more productive. You know, that's how we've gotten to where we are. You do this at AgriLiquid. You tailor stuff around a little bit. It's not just like, hey, come and buy this generic product off us. Tell me a little bit about that. That's correct. You know, that's kind of the key behind the AgriLiquid philosophy is all of our sales team is trained to look at that soil test. We have a complete profile of all the different products and we can mix and match that for that specific soil and crop. So what you're going to do here in Arkansas isn't necessarily what we're going to do in Mississippi or Alabama. You know, it's going to be specific for that grower. And even if we looked across all of Matt's fields, you know, there might be some fields that have a different ratio or a different product mix than the one we're standing in now. Tell me a little bit. I want to make a comment on that, too. If yep. you got someone to come sell you something, fertility product, yep. and they don't ask for soil samples, yeah. probably don't want to buy it. I'll be honest with you. That's the first step in agronomy to try to help a farmer. Let me see your samples. Yeah, because then we're talking about a problem, you know, <clears throat> and that's where I guess I want to go to next. The problem that we seek to solve with this infero treatment, Molly, was it just that it didn't get off to the right start? Or is there even something that we're talking about at a three week, four week when this plant's this tall? Is there something, what, what problem are we fixing? Uh, so infero wise, truthfully, Matt's soil samples were very well balanced and very well managed. So in furrow, I didn't want to mess too much with his grower standard. I just wanted to add something to see if we could kickstart the MPK and inputs he had put down throughout. My foliar trials are more for fixing the problems more to the mid-season into the reproductive stages than what we actually needed to do in furrow because Matt has it down. And I'm very excited about hearing about that because I learned when I interviewed Matt and talking about cotton uh, previously about how much work. I mean, you're going over this field, uh, you know, a dozen times. Uh, yeah. You're going to do eight foliar treatments, half of which are going to include their product. What have we not talked about? You know, you, you see a lot of states. You're in charge of the whole country. What are we not seeing? What are we not doing that we'll probably be doing more of five years from now when it comes to cotton production? 
I think we're looking and moving more towards that micromanagement to get mm -hmm. those higher yields. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not going to be a, a one pass, put it all in at planting and then be done for the entire season and wait for harvest. I think we're going to look at, you know, whether it's Y drops or foliar applications, um, irrigation treatments. I think we're going to start seeing more of that micromanagement and adding those things like sulfur um, micronutrients in there to get that top yield. Will we be doing that in furrow? We'll be doing that through the foliar treatment or all of the above? It'll be all of the above. And, you know, even if you look at that planter pass now, you know, some may go in furrow, some may go two by two. You know, you can do multiple applications even on that planter. Molly, before we, and I know I'm going rapid fire, but, you know, we've got a lot to cover here. I mean, you guys are doing a lot of stuff out here on this field. This is a little four-inch plant. Uh, Matt dug it out. Uh, you know, he, he scolded me, actually Rob did. If I pulled out, I might bust off the roots, and, and they dug it out very gently with his knife. This is going to end up being about waist high, and it's going to get harvested. It's going to become sheets that we all sleep on. Fantastic. You said before we hit record that if you didn't You do, must not wear any underwear. I sleep bare pickle. Okay. All right. I'm just curious. So, I, most people go to underwear. I find it to be less restricting, so thank you for asking. Now, while we're talking about cotton, though, this thing, this little four-inch plant, is going to become about this tall, and we're going to harvest it, and we're going to make it into bed sheets. You said if we didn't use a plant growth regulator, it'd be like tall as me, and it'd start to be like a little miniature tree. Did we always do this? Because you don't even do the plant growth regulator thing in AgroLiquid, right? We do not manufacture a PGR, no. But uh, I come from a family that's grown cotton for probably the past 50 years. And as long as I've been alive, we've used methoquat or picks. It's been a standard application. Methoquat. Oh, methoquat. All right, what's methoquat. that? Methoquat. Uh -huh. <laughs> Tell me about it. What's methoquat? It's a plant growth regulator? Yes. Okay, got it. So, and then the mepiquat is like saying glyphosate and Roundup. Yes, it's a generic okay, term it's a generic. for a growth regulator. So is there any is there anything that we're going to discover that our infro treatment that we tried here uh, is going to be antagonistic to the normal planting stuff like plant growth regulators? Do you anticipate anything like that? So truthfully, we really want our infro to get the plant off to a really good start and take off as fast as it can. However, there's a vegetative growth stage and a reproductive growth stage. We apply the growth regulator to stop the vegetative growth and focus on the reproductive. That's why we apply the growth regulator. I just tried to demonstrate that. If you're watching this viewer, you get it if you're listening, because Molly actually educated me about this right before we started this recording because she wanted me to understand because cotton's kind of a new thing to me. Um, you got the trial going on, uh, Matt. Uh, you're excited. Is there anything you want to see that, that they hadn't already talked about for the objective of this trial? No, I mean, I'm, I mean what Molly's got planned and what AgriLiquid's got planned is, is going to be very exciting, you know, to see happen. And like Molly said, you're trying, it, it's almost a catch-22. You're trying your best to get this plant as big and as healthy as it can with fertility. Mm -hmm. And then you've got to shut, shut it down so it'll stop growing vegetatively and start growing reproductively. How big is the plot we're working on? That's 40 acres. And then if it works, it'll go across all cotton acres, and all cotton acres to you is a couple thousand? Yeah, two to three thousand. Okay. You know, just depending on the year and what the price of cotton is. That's the cool thing about farming here. We can grow so many different crops. If y'all's corn gets higher, then we'll go We'll go participate in where you don't want us to be, and if cotton's higher, we'll stay out of that. Farm. Did you hear Molly say her family's been growing cotton for over 50 years here in the Delta region, and she never said corn, because you know what? She understands. Leave the Midwestern people alone. Let them do what they're good at, right? I mean, we grow corn mice. <laughs> Milo. All right, last couple of questions for you. Okay. I want to make sure we get this thing all wrapped up. Uh, return on investment. It is, it is, after all, money. What are you anticipating or what are you thinking right now if you put the pen to the paper on, on a return on investment for this? Matt well, or in, Stephanie? Well, in the previous trials we've had with AgriLiquids on, you know, we were testing ProGerm and a couple other products, I believe, two years ago. 
uh, in a cotton plot. We kind of move around to different plots depending on what agri-liquids we'll see in the south at that time. But we got a we got a pretty good ROI, you know, just just on on the you know infar program with I think it was a couple of foliars maybe. It wasn't going to be as intense as this one, so I'm pretty excited to see. If this and this infar is fairly inexpensive to try. It is. Oh yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, very inexpensive. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're not talking about a lot of money invested on the infro thing, and we think we're going to get a pretty good ROI out of it. Well, and, uh, and the grower standard practice right beside the plot is, is pretty expensive, you know, what we did right beside the plot. So if they don't have to out-yield that to net more ROIs, that makes sense. Yep. That fulvic was a lot cheaper than what, you know, the whole package we put in. Absolutely. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that works. So it's not going to take a big bump to make this all make sense. Is that what I'm hearing? Right. Got it. His name is Matt Miles. Miles Farms stand in the agro-liquid cotton plot in McGee, Arkansas with Molly Alexander, Southeast Regional Agronomist and National Agronomist Stephanie Zelenko for agro-liquid and for extreme ag. I'm Damian Mason. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned because we're going to tell you more about other cool trials we're doing here with cotton in the Delta region of Arkansas.